Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey eat that. A donkey eat a palace. <laughs> There's He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing watching him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have four semi-finals this weekend, lads. Two in Munster and two in Leinster. So, you know, to keep up the historical bias towards Leinster on this show, um, we're going to go with Leinster first. You know, it's the bigger province, Connell. You know, the best all Ireland province. Yeah. Best Ireland province. Yeah, it doesn't have the magic the Munster one does, but we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, it, listen. There's all Ireland contenders in both in both provinces. We're going to start with um, Leinster because there's at least eight thousand fans in Croke Park, Connell, which is a a, a nice surprise. Ah, no, it's great, and it's it's it's. It's well needed as well, you know. And it, 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 look, eight thousand is better than, than than nothing at all. And um, eventually, we're getting we're coming to the to the to the right end of things of this COVID situation. And um, hopefully, as the year goes on, there'll be more and more coming to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Joe uh, Canning could easily break King Henry's all-time record, Paddy, this weekend. He's thirteen points off. He needs fourteen. And like Joe's on the freeze against Dublin, where Galway would be expected, you know, to win. If you're a betting man, you'd probably say he could be breaking this record this weekend. I'd say so, yeah. Um, I'd imagine he'd he'll have a fir- fairly good day out. I think um, Galway, as we, we'll be talking about, I suppose they're looking very, very good this year um, and very attacking. So I'd say they could be brought down a few times and and, and he, we don't know. He could be playing the full forward line yet. He was so good in the last game there, so... You wouldn't back against him and it'd be nice for him to get it out of the way because I suppose with not much else to talk about in the media, um, this could be one of the, the big points he wants to just put it to bed. Yeah, he scored 27-471 and Henry has scored 27-484. But Joe's done it in 60 championship games, Henry's done it in 71. Like, geez, this is just scoring off the charts completely, Connell. Yeah, it's incredible scoring. 
Uh, I don't think he'll, he'll break it this weekend, though. Uh, <laughs> you hope he won't. <laughs> no, look, it's incredible. Like, and he's been getting massive scores since, like, since his debut. Everyone can remember it, one of his first games was the, a game against Cork. He's getting massive scores all the time. And it was two ten off the rock. I think yeah. he was only eighteen or Unbelievable. something. Unbelievable. Like, you know, as a young lad coming in, if you if you got a score at all, you'd be nearly chuffed. But uh, look, every game he's racking up massive scores, and look, credit to him. He's 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 one of the best around, and and his frees are. are, are Excellent every single day, you know, which which goes to show the amount of work that a fellow like that must put in, uh, and to keep can doing it consistently year after year. Even though he takes a lot of abuse and he gets a lot of belts and everything, but uh, he just seems to get on with it and, and unbelievable scores there for the record. And I'm sure he'll do he'll do it this year anyway. It won't be this weekend, but he'll do it this year. <laughs> his his highlights reel is something else. In 2008, that was as a 19 year old. Um, I think that was the year he scored 44 percent of Galway's entire. Um, scores that year in the championship as a 19 year old like I mean the analysis for a lot of years Paddy and this is a compliment to Galway now is that they're not reliant on him the way they used to be and if Joe was injured you'd still see Galway as a huge force you know and that hadn't been the case No it hadn't been the case I I can actually remember one of his first matches was the league final against Tipperary um, and he was 19 I suppose saying there at the time and he was throwing grown men out of the way. He scored a goal near the end of that match and literally throwing, he threw three guys out of the way and got through for a goal. And just from the very start, how, how brilliant he was. But as you said, he, um, yeah, he, he was, he was kind of like, you know, their big white hope there for a long time. And much like Owen Kelly was before that. Um, but by the end of his career, coming near the end of his career, he probably still has a few years left. Maybe he's inspired an awful lot of um, great players and the Whelans and the Concannons. Um, so, you know, even if, if he is held, and, and I think it gives him more freedom these days, um, even since they, they won the All-Ireland that year, they had a couple of um, great great supporting supporting cast with him. And he he seems like a very, very free player that there isn't the, the whole weight of the county on him. And I think that, that can only be good for him. Yeah, the pressure. Like, I mean, I remember saying on the show here, Galloway need two Joes. They need one at full forward and they need another out, you know, around the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. It's not really the case now. No, and like, no matter what you say, all of that talk about Joe, like if Joe doesn't perform, Galway don't win. You know, this kind of stuff was happening a lot back a number of years ago. And that seeps in, like no matter what Joe would probably say out out in the media, he obviously is hearing all of that stuff, you know, so it doesn't help. I think as a young lad going in, that's nice, you know, that's nice to know that I'm only a young lad and I can, I can carry this Galway team. Um, but when you're, when you, after a couple of years, you know, when things aren't working out as, 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 as he might have probably hoped in the early start, uh, start of his career, that can be difficult and that pressure is hard and every single game then he feels that he has to perform and he has to do everything right and he has to put these magic moments together. But I think as Paddy says now, that pressure is 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 levelled across nearly a lot a lot of lads there four or five lads at least um, and now he's now he's just free to do what he what he does best is, is just go out and hurl and um, and he's playing really really well this year uh, again um, so having that kind of freedom and bringing him to midfield putting him to full forward changing positions as well freshens him up all the time and and it keeps obviously it keeps defenders uh, thinking and I think it's great for him to have that flexibility in his game. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely does. He, he's a great maturity about him now. I know he's, a, he's around a long time, but definitely listen to his interviews and watching him play and there's, there isn't that pressure on him to be uh, shooting the lights out. So how do Dublin control this Galway attack, uh, Paddy? Is it an impossible task? Like we're looking at them, you know, Conor Whelan could go to centre forward, Liam Rush wouldn't like that, Concanon could go there, Joe could be full forward, you know, Conor Cooney could be out in the wing. How do you plan for Galway? Well, I... The first thing is you're not going to control them all and there, there's definitely one or two of them have a good game. Um, I do think you probably have to match up one or two of them 
Um, Connor Whelan, I think, I always think he's, if he gets going, then you have a really, really hard day at the office because any ball winner like that, same Bottermacher for tip was kind of our version of that ball winner. If you can stop him at that source, then then you have a bit more of a chance. I think he needs to be nailed down. Uh, I, I would say Galway, I'd love if he was full forward because O'Donnell, you know, I, geez, I saw him the last day and he was absolutely outstanding. But he's he's not nearly like your, your perfect marker for Whelan. Um, now we'd see if they mark each other. He's as fast, he's as strong, his aggression is off the charts. So they do need to, to lock him down. Um, I think Canning will hurl anyway. You know, I, I wouldn't be as preoccupied with trying to put somebody on him because I think he'll hurl and he'll be in and he'll be out of it and he'll do some lovely things regardless uh, but I think Concanon is the other one for me that he's shown that he can be so reliable over the last couple of years like it's very hard to pick out a poor match he's had and again like Whelan he's not as strong as him but when he gets the ball he hits for goals and that's when uh, it pulls your defence all over the place and it rips holes in it. so for me it's those two uh, it's those two and um you know, I think Dublin, though, you know, they have one or two lads to mark him, as I said. Owen O'Donnell, uh, great man marker, and then uh, Keen O'Callaghan, maybe on uh, Concanon. And they could size up pretty well, but their game, their style is so good now, Galway, that they can provide such ball into him that it is it is difficult anyway. Yeah, no, it's definitely that. And Smith's a good man marker too, isn't it? Dublin yeah. have some good defenders. The problem with you when you go man for man, Connell, is that when Galway start rotating, you're bringing O'Donnell maybe somewhere he doesn't like, and you're bringing O'Callaghan some, although he can play on the wing. Do you get me? Like, should yeah. Dublin go? Should Dublin just like Limerick do, stand in the positions and be confident to be able to mark who the who comes to them? Yeah, look, they could do that, but I think on previous years and and what what I think they would do is yes, O'Donnell would probably go on on on. Um, on Whelan, no matter where he goes, right. if, if Whelan goes out centre forward, O'Donnell will go with him. That's the, I think that's the, there's a general consensus that uh, O'Donnell has marked him a lot of times and he's done pretty well on him and he's very physical with with Whelan. Um, it's very hard to tie him down all the time, but I think he's probably the best man for that. Uh, Concanon obviously is flying it. I think the best man for him would be Paddy Smith. I don't. I, I think because he has Paddy has the hurling. He's physical. He's he's well able to move around. And again, Paddy would be happy enough if Concanon goes out around the half forward line for a period of time. Um, Paddy's happy enough to play around there or to play that kind of free ro- Roman role instead of being stuck in the corner. I'm not sure they'd put Keno Callan. I don't think Keno Callan would have, have enough of the hurling. He'd, he'd be sticky enough maybe, but not enough of the hurling when he actually wins the possession going forward. Right. If that's if he goes out to the half back line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've, how do you contain the the, the Galway forwards? Look, difficult question, but I, I presume they're going to try and play something similar to what Clare did the last day with with John Connolly, with, with, as in with Liam Rush. They're going to obviously have him in that kind of pocket area. I presume bring him back a midfielder, or James Madden or Ray McBride to mark uh, his his guy Connor Burke. Yeah, more than likely and. Uh, Try and hold it as tight as possible, and try and keep Liam in around that D spot. So, that, so Galway, when they start to run, that they're not going to be uh, trying to get uh, too easy in on goal, you know. So, but it's, it is difficult. But um, I think the one on one, Dublin will be very confident getting uh, these on, on those kind of matchups. They'd be happy enough. Um, it's just how what they do uh, going forward then is is the big thing, and how much they're going to get out of the Galway backs, the, uh, uh, Dublin forwards. Really, that's the that's the big thing. Well, that's the thing. Moving on to that, I suppose, Paddy, because like while you're struggling to see how Dublin can contain the Galway attack, you can actually see how Galway can contain the Dublin attack because they seem to have tailor made players like McInerney on on Crummy, like uh, you know Fintan Burke on Donald Burke. 
like Dahi Burke on Ronan Hayes, you know this the um you know the and and Porrick Mannion on Sutcliffe. You know, they seem to have a good kind of uh defender for the threats Dublin pose. Yeah, they do and and the, the only one they mightn't well, I was looking at and I was thinking about is Mannion might might play more as that free player if they're given a sweeper. Uh, oh, yeah. he kind of dictates how they play but they'll definitely have somebody that will have to go after Sutcliffe I thought his form the last day I know Antrim were poor the last day like obviously they were poor but I thought his form was as up there uh, probably to the peak of before he kind of took that sabbatical Jeez, I thought he was electric the last day the field and the running with the ball his decision making was up to scratch and scoring so Danny Sutcliffe will take an awful lot of mining like, because you have to remember that he was in the top echelon of, of half forwards before he took his, his break from Intercounty Hurling. So that'll have to be done. Um but but you see the the problem the last is I thought I really thought Antrim were really poor. Like Dublin were way sharper than they had been in the league. Way, way sharper. Better style of hurling, quicker thinking, ball was in. But it's just uh, Galway would put them under an awful lot more pressure around the field. And we talk about holding the Galway forwards. The the best way of doing that is if Dublin can win the ball up front get it, turn their men, win freeze and, and, and put the pressure back on Galway. And it has to start with the puck outs. They were able to win the puck outs the last day. Yeah. But I don't see Galway giving them that sort of oxygen early on. Five clean puck outs for Sutcliffe. He probably wouldn't get them off Mannion. Mannion's very good in the air, but I do take Paddy's point. They might free up Mannion. It depends. You know, like it, it'll all play out. Yeah, I probably would have said the same two years ago in when we played them in Parnell Park that we wouldn't have got that many puckouts, but we did. You know, we I think we got actually nearly up, I think close to ten. You know, clean puckouts of right. Galway that night. So, but <clears throat> you probably won most. Yeah, many did you huh? win? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not Come on, tell, tell us your stats. Tell us your stats. And I don't know the stats. I don't know the stats. Now look, the the only worry I'd see uh, for Dublin is is the half back line. You know, I think that is a pivotal line. I think they're going to seriously miss uh, Shane Barrett. Shane Barrett's not around this year uh, for his for his physicality and his pace. Um, and they obviously will miss Crummy not being there. Uh, will they bring in Sean Moran and put put him in wing back? I'm not sure. Um, so they're going to have an extra man. Can they deal with all that in the half back line? That that that's a key area for for Galway their half forward line and if we can break that down, uh, it it'll go a long long way. But again, going up up front, I just think it, it, there comes a time when you nearly say to the players, now's the time you need to deliver. The likes of Hayes, you know, sort of you're getting your chance. Like uh, you're playing against a top team, so now you, you've been doing it in club for years. Uh, for all of this, now, now now's the time to go and do it. You've been you wanting to start. Now you're starting. Now you're playing pretty well. So let's see what you can do on the big day. The, the the other problem, obviously, with Dublin playing the sweeper, which they need to do, is the use of the ball. Now, apparently, I didn't see the Antrim game. They used it really, really well, Paddy, and they went through the lines and they went long. Going long is probably out of the question to Dahi Burke and Ronan Hayes. Like even though Hayes is is good in the air, but like I mean, for me, he he wouldn't be at that level. And then Gull will have a, a player mopping up. So yeah. you know, when you play a sweeper, that's fine. But what's your style of play? To, you know, to not sh- have the sweeper on the other side shoot shoot you in the foot. Yeah, well, look, you're right. I think they'll, I actually think they'll have got a nice bit of confidence from the way they played the last day. Um, I know, again, we'll say Antrim didn't perform well, and that's fine, but Dublin really were so quick on the breaks, and when they had it, they transferred it uh, really quickly into space. So, And, and they didn't go overly long um, to Hayes either in full forward. They were playing it through the lines and popping it to the corners. And the, the if I was Dublin management, what I'd be saying there is, 
Morrissey and Brennan, if they're the two cornerbacks on the day, um, they're good players, obviously, but they're inexperienced at the same time. And I suppose you'd be trying to play it to the corners more than you'd be playing it down on top of Hayes. And if it was going on Hayes, you'd be trying to say break it. So they certainly, again, have to move it to midfield, try and take on the tackle, uh, create the overlap and pop it in. Because if they start lobbing balls um, into the Galway half-back line, full-back line, I think it'll be many, many will sweep that up all day. Whoever they have there will be a good quality hurler um, and will sweep that that up all day. It could even be Aidan Hart who's very good at that as well. Yeah. So it has to be broken through the lines. It has to be crummy running with the ball. It has to be suckly running with the ball off the shoulder and, and pop it into midfield or take the score from, 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 from range. But look, it is tough, but like uh, we can't talk like Galway are unbeatable either. Like as, as Conal said, they had him a couple of years ago and were well able for him. I think they took a big step up against Antrim the last day compared to what I saw in the league. Um, so I do think that there's more there from the game from this match than maybe what we're thinking just from league form. I, I think they, they they won't be worried if it's if it's two of, if if Hayes and O'Sullivan are, are are inside on their own, Mark and Burke and, and whoever else, because I think they they'll back Hayes on his pace, like he's electric pace, and the fact that they now it's gone to Crow Park, it'll probably suit Hayes even more that they can get the ball into the corners either side of him, and and he'll more more than likely win that ball and. You know he's he's six two nearly like you know big lad well able to move. I think they'll fancy them fancy their chances on 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 Burke if they get the ball in long deep avoid that right. back line and then with the runners coming through of Danny and Crummy and and Burke coming through to to help as that support. But I think so in the Antrim game though the, the half forward line were dropping way deep and it's easy to do that maybe in Navin. You know you're seeing Danny picking up the ball around the half back line and delivering a lovely ball crossfield ball. That's not that, that easy to do in Crow Park as well as to chase up and then support. That's yeah. the problem then you know so trying to get them to hold their position a little bit better and to support when the ball is gone you make them runs in and, and hopefully the, the that you might get something off it off Hayes or else Hayes is going to do damage and, and you're creating space for him I thought Hayes because he was a big man liked it down on top of him he likes it in front of him breaking out does he as well I, I think he's 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 confident uh, a young lad that it doesn't matter where you put it to him he just wants the ball in there and if you give it to him high he's well able to catch it like he's really really good in the air but if you, if you give it to him into space and uh, that's fine too because he, he feel like that he's going to going to be able to burn you on the outside so I, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be getting bogged down and giving him any kind of Pacific ball it's just hit the hit the space for him and he'll yeah. get there get it in get it what's your thoughts on Shane O'Neill uh, Paddy like I mean he's very hard to figure out he he a very intelligent man obviously he's a partner in a solicitor firm and he gives nothing away in interviews to the point where he'd bore you to tears actually just giving you I've tried to get him on the show numerous times I've been told look you'll get me at a media day and that's pretty much the only time you know politely declining he doesn't want any any focus on himself at all like he nearly reminds you of Jim Gavin in a little way but you kind of get the sense off him that he's a very serious character that commands a lot of respect Yeah I would say so um, look I suppose I'm in North Tipperary, so I'm not too far from Limerick. Um, he's been involved with clubs in, a club in, in Tip as well. So he would. What I'd hear back is very, very positive about him. Um, just what we know is like how well Napierschik have done when he was involved with them, um, how professional you would hear that he is. Uh, and I think it's on very, very well with players. You can see with Galway, he's changed their style. Uh, Michal Dunne, who had a certain style, it was quite simple. Uh, used the big men that he had. But I think... Uh, Shane O'Neill is definitely after bringing it to a different level and I think looking at how enthusiastic the Galway players are they're bought, they've bought seriously into it you could the odd time here 
murmurs in Galway about discontent and, and some players not happy. But the way they're playing, and he has his leaders down the middle, he has the Mannions involved in the play, Joe Canning involved, Connor Whelan is his captain. So he is telling them this is your team. Um, and to me, he hasn't playing in a style that they all like. Because, OK, Galway, they're big men, but I used to enjoy marking big men if all it was was high balls in. Big men are, you know, they need to get different types of ball to challenge the back line as well. I think that's what they're, they're doing and they're playing through the lines very, very well. But of course, they always have that route one option if they want. So look, for me, he looks very impressive to even push Limerick a little bit in the All-Ireland semi-final last year, having really very little time. That was a great sign of him. And and to change, I think they've changed a lot, um, you know, in by this year now since he started I think they've changed their style a lot and in that short time frame I think it's it's very impressive it is, it is and like I mean maybe this is a stupid thing to say if hypothetical but if this incredible Limerick team hadn't come along you'd be looking at Galway winning three of the last four All-Irelands do yeah, you know yeah yeah. well they certainly would be far off it yeah absolutely Yeah. So uh, like, just on the Shane O'Neill I think he looks like a a real manager to really want to play for. He, he, he's a real players man and I love the fact I used to always, I still do any manager that, that doesn't look for the limelight in the media or it doesn't come out across and say it and silly and, and take the focus away from the players. It's always about the players, I think. And and that gives you great confidence that he's not going to be spilling out anything to anybody, you know, outside of it. Because so many times in, in Galway over the years, you hear little rumours of this and that. Like, there's nothing about Galway and he never lets anything out. So uh, I think that's that's... That's a that's great. Galvanise the squad even more. Yeah, not ideal for me on this show, but look, we'll, uh, <laughs> I don't think they're going to worry too much about that. Um, Kenny Wexford, lads, we'll move on to that one. And I was looking at this. There's only going to be 500 at this one, just to keep the inconsistency up. So there's 10% of the <laughs> capacity in Croke Park. There's 500 at this one, which is way below 10% in in Portlaoise. 10% would be 2,500, which you would have thought w- would be able to keep it consistent um, across the whole all four matches. Um, Wexford might be on one of their good years so I saw a quote from Lee Chin saying after last year we're coming into this year motivated off the back of it wanting to do ourselves justice and then I was looking at Davies' time in charge of Wexford Paddy and in year one to beat Kilkenny down in Wexford Park I was at that game a huge occasion you know they got to a Leinster final Um, then in year two they had a bad year um, they didn't do much in Leinster, the Leinster League, and they lost badly to Clare. Then in year three, they won Leinster, had a great year. Then in year four, they had a bad year. And now are we back in year five onto one of their on years? I, I think that they should be. They played well the last day, I thought, now against Leash. Now, again, Leash, like Antrim, I, I t- it felt like nearly the occasion got to them. Uh, but definitely Wexford was way better than we'd seen in the league. Um, maybe a bit of a circling of the wagons there. But I think if you look at the years they're they're good, they're bad. Um the good ones I'd say, you know, Davy has motivated them all year. It's such a tough year training wise. Um and and you have success. And number one, the mental strength it takes to keep going and going for another year with the same motivation, either physically for training so hard, and then mentally when people are saying how brilliant you are, like they won the Leinster final for the first time in what was it, fifteen or sixteen years. And, you know, they had the whole of Wexford clapping them on the back. Then they had the whole, could have won in All-Ireland. And there was a hangover from that. Do you see with Waterford the last day, the energy that that they didn't have? Like, they couldn't get up for it at all. They got cleaned out. And I think you could say a lot about that with Wexford last year. A lot of similarities. And I think this year, possibly, you can't judge off the leash game. Uh, no offence, no. you can't judge off of it last time. But 
it's certainly the signs like Dublin were way way better yeah I don't know like I mean do it's very difficult to come back motivating that's that's what professionals pretty much do you know they're highly motivated and there's loads of professional athletes and teams that don't motivate themselves that well yeah. like sometimes a team maybe like Wexford need to have a bad year and that gives them the motivation the following year rather than you know just always trying to be at that like maybe I'd use the Dublin footballers even the Limerick hurlers always seem to get yeah. a really high level of performance not every team can do that well I think when you, when you see that year on year off for uh, on, onto their fifth year it's nearly very similar to when we we, we had with, with uh, Anthony Daly uh, one year we were good next year we were really poor and then we got good again but I think it comes from you, you nearly need that motivation in the winter and on every transition to look back and say well lads you are absolutely brutal last year you yeah. know so you're better to, than that yeah you're much it. better there. people are writing you off nobody cares about Dublin anymore nobody yeah. cares about Wexford so let's go out and show everyone and that's what you use in every single game and every training session even if you drop a ball or anything Daly, Daly used to be on our case the, the following year uh, but also if, if you were to look at then why doesn't that happen to the Limericks why doesn't that happen to like the Kenny when they were successful or the Dublin footballers I think the big thing is uh, because they don't have a, a massive panel like if you have a really strong panel you know, if you're not playing well, some, someone will come out and someone, someone else and that's is in. Your that's Losing your motivation. That's your motivation. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's why the Dublin team are so successful. And I, and I would probably maybe suggest that that's why Wexford, they're always looking to bring in these two or three new lads and they, they don't really ever seem to find enough. You know, they probably have their, their 20 that, that Davey knows that he can go to war with. But after that, they probably struggle. And that... That seeps down to the team itself, so they know that there's five or six or maybe eight or ten lads that are probably nearly always going to start, uh, no matter nearly what happens to a degree. You might get taken off, but you'll be playing the next day. So, but if you have that where the squad is really, really strong and there's lads pushing each other all the time, and if you don't perform, well, you're not going to be playing. And if you don't perform in the training sessions in between those games, you mightn't be on the 24. Like, yeah. so then you need to really book up and, and and perform every single time, and that helps drive drive the team forward and that's ultimately what makes you successful then so yeah so that's a fair point Paddy small panels maybe need to have a bad year to find a motivation from somewhere especially if they're coming off a good year and the big panels like Limerick like the Dublin footballers like Kerry you know you could list them all out you're just shitting it that you're going to lose your place so you can never switch off or have a bad year no and I think your top players are a lot of time are top players you know the Tommy Walsh the Henry Shefflins who are never ever going to get dropped Keen Lynch's, these guys, they have that fire in them. Yeah. But it's those guys beneath them, they're always on their toes. They're always on their toes that they'll either get taken off, that they'll be dropped off the team. That if, and now when there's only, I think, 24 talking for a match, I remember it even near the end of my, when I was playing, it was horrible. Um, that if I don't perform well, I'm going to be left off the panel on the day that wins the All Ireland. Like, and I think it really just comes around to that. They want to have some bit of taste of success because. The, the Limerick right now, they believe they're the best and everyone believes they have to uh, make hay while the sun shines and they think they have the best um, the best of fitness, the best of hurling. So they're all so hungry to be involved because they know they have such a good chance to win in All-Ireland every year where I think some teams, they don't know if, if they're going to be good enough. It's like another slog and are we going to win it? Are we not going to be able to win it? So it's really, it's probably, you know, I think it's very, very hard to keep it up all the time, especially in hurling. I don't I love to hear Connell's uh, version uh, thoughts on that and that to me I, I find hurling sometimes very mentally draining when every single ball is contested every break you have to be alive for everything whereas sometimes in other sports I don't know I'd, I'd like I'd love to hear a football person's thoughts on that whereas sometimes you can go through a match and kind of get easier passes and move it on and 
and not necessarily get involved in having to worry about every break of the ball and every twist and turn uh, work right ways. I'm sure just on that point, like, I mean, you play Gaelic football. If you're in the full forward line, you can relax. In hurling, you can never relax because the ball could go the whole yeah, length yeah, of the field. Yeah. I always remember playing rugby when I was younger and going, Jesus, this is a great game. You'd be standing around doing nothing yeah. as there's a scrum. Like, you'd never get tired because there's so many breaks in the play. I've never played hurling. I presume you can, ne- while there might be more running in Gaelic football, you can never switch off in hurling. Yeah, it's true. You can, you can definitely switch off in the football, <clears throat> albeit you, you might have to kind of run along with your marker, but you're not really switched on that, you know, the he ball is miles away. Like this lad's running. You could nearly let the lad off and let him run a few times because you know the ball isn't going to be kicked the whole length of the field. But in Hurland, probably the, the difference, yeah. You do have to be switched on all the time. And I don't know, I, I probably would see that as a, as, as a kind of a, a, never really thought of it too much, but it's, it's like a mental challenge. I, I would hate to think that my man is ever going to get the better of me and Ent and whether that's walking over there and I want to walk over and he steps across I'm, I'm not allowing that like so whether that's waiting for the ball to come up or, or whatever it is I probably I would have I would have enjoyed I enjoy that kind of a, a a challenge maybe it's a mental challenge it could be the physical end of it I don't know but I always would, would enjoy that and yes you have to be switched on all the time and, and I would enjoy that the fact that I'm switched on and my marker maybe isn't because I'm, I'm anticipating that if we've already talked about it before that the full back line may hit this long so I know I, I need to be moving in a certain direction and yeah I, I never really thought about it too much until he actually brought it up but yeah it's probably it's different it's definitely different in the two different sports in hurling and football you, you, you can't really switch off too much in hurling and you, you hear that all the time from people rolling into the line you know you, not to switch off no matter where you are so. yeah, yeah maybe you can a bit more with all this short passing that's come into hurling but we're not going to get start giving out about that uh, Paddy what are Kilkenny going to do here they know Wexford are playing a sweeper who do Wexford play a sweeper? Is it Parik Walsh? Because the sweeper has to give Wexford a problem. Because I often see, right, Wexford play a sweeper, they play Kevin Foley, he defends any attacks, and then the opposition play a sweeper that just stands in front of the fullback line. So immediately, tactically, Wexford have the upper hand. Like, I mean, when are Kilkenny yeah. going to say, I'll see your Kevin Foley and I'll raise you Parik Walsh? And Parik Walsh, go forward whenever you can. I, I would say, look at, I, I'd say what you're saying will happen. I think... Um, Cody brought in new coach today or today this year Conor Phelan uh, who'll be very far thinking I think we saw even the first game of the league this year Dublin I think played Kilkenny and Parag Walsh was playing that sweeper role and he was bombing forward as much as any other midfielder so I do think they realise and more so that they're committing to, to playing a slightly altered version of what they do I think they're trying to play it at least to midfield before they whack the ball in now, the big thing is, um, can Wexford make them rethink that? Can they give them doubts in their mind that the Kilkenny guys get turned over a few times and just say, oh, Cody just tells them to start lashing it long? You know, and I think that would really suit Wexford. But to me, Kilkenny have to change a slight bit, especially against Wexford, because Wexford are actually confident against Kilkenny for the last few years. Um, they feel like Wexford aren't, or Kilkenny aren't able to deal with Davies' tactics. And a lot of the time, they haven't. And I think I often go back to 19, I think 2019. I think that's why Wexford really found it hard to get over that semi-final loss to tip because they kind of had the hoodoo over Kilkenny, the way they played. And I just didn't think they were going to let that final pass without really, really um, giving them a good shot. So it'll be interesting to see, but definitely Park Walsh be bombing forward from, from the half-back line. And actually... I really fancy Kilkenny to play well and, and commit to it this weekend. Yeah, they definitely will. Here's the thing, because I talked to Paul Murphy on the show recently about this and he said, absolutely not. Would you ever play 
your sweeper up on Kevin Foley and go five versus five and seven versus seven. He says, there's too much space. That's not something you do. And Cheddar said it after the leash match. He said, that's, you know, that would be madness. And I always mm-hmm. remember in the 2007 Leinster final, Connell, I'm sure uh, I've mentioned it on the show before, is that we were playing against G and we used the sweeper and we're going well. I think we're three or four points up and you, you put Pillar pushed Brian Cullen up on our sweeper yeah. and he scored two goals really quickly. He took our sweeper out of it and I always thought to myself, what a brilliant move that was. It really yeah. rattled us because we were planning on this and I remember us doing it in a county final a couple of years later with Port Leash saying, we have to move Zach Tuohy up on the up on the sweeper and it worked brilliantly that day as well. Now is hurling different that this is madness in hurling? The fi- I know the five versus five would would be a bit more space to have to deal with, but would 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 it, no hurling team just try it? Well, I'll give you an example now. Uh, two years ago, when we were, we played Wexford in Parnell Park, and obviously Wexford taxis were pretty much the same then. Coming the week coming into, we obviously had meetings and we're talking about it and said uh, Wexford are going to play a man back. What are we going to do? So the, uh, the management's idea was, oh, we'll, we'll let them and we'll play a spare man and, and we'll we'll battle it out like that. So. I think a lot, a lot of us disagreed and we said, actually, we're, we're confident in our backs to go five on five. I'm happy uh, if we push up and we play six forwards. And what will Wexford do then? And it was thought, great, OK, everyone's play happy. Play seven forwards. You've, uh, sorry, sorry yeah. play seven forwards. Yeah, everyone's happy. We, I was delighted to have an extra man on the forwards as well. If they were going to drop it down. But just before the ball was thrown in, Matty totally went against Everton and just uh, and said, no, that's not happening. Really? Didn't tell anyone. And then all of a sudden, we, we were we, we were wondering who's marking your man, and Wexford went three three or four points up, and and that's probably we were a lot of the reason why we didn't get that result. We were lucky to get a, a result, a oh, draw, it was a draw, free, wasn't it? Free that's Moore. bizarre. He decided it himself just just in the last minute. It was like, uh, and then looked at, obviously we took us took us a while to get back to figure out trying to trying to get lads up and mark and trying to get structure structure right again, but. Uh, that day we we were all gung ho to do it, except for it was just pulled on us in the last second. So, uh, I would be very keen to do that. I think uh, if if you have good backs and you have lads that are are, are pacey enough and, and are and are confident enough to play like that and play from the front, why not? Like I just got like and, and you're going to have a man up up in the forward. So a lot of times, if you get the, as a defender, then you get the ball. Just hit it, like just get it up there, it, it and we'll, it we'll worry about. It, yeah, know? so yeah. I I don't know, uh, Paddy. Like, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Because at the end of the day, you can go five versus five on the other side, but you can drop a midfielder <laughs> back like you usually do, you know, yeah. and and maybe help them out a little bit. I just think if you were to go into a game against Wexford and you know they have Kevin Foley, like even if you did it for the first ten minutes and you have Davy scratching his head, what do we do, you know, and, and force them into a change? Or like, am I overthinking the, the tactical side of it? No, I don't think you're overthinking it because I think uh, there will have to be a serious talk going forward for some teams because if you are struggling with a team that plays that style um, and and they're very, very good at it, you say, well, hold on, what's the point in us just playing it safe? But it will take one team to actually, as Connell was saying there, they had decided to do it. So it would have taken that one team to do it once and really bamboozle the, the opposition team, and then everyone else would probably get the bravery. Like, I can see pros to it. The pros to it, from a back's point of view, is that, right, well, if they don't have a spare man back there, uh, and it's going to be quite congested, their clearances should be really, really under pressure. And as a back, that's all I, I've talked about before. That's all I want is a pressurised clearance, and I'm fairly certain I'm going to be able to, you know, nullify my man fairly well. Um, the, the problem with it is, is... You're hitting the ball, like as a forward, you want space. Now, maybe Connell doesn't because he's good to win primary ball, but a lot of 
forwards want space. They want space to move. They want space to come to, to get it out in the open. And you'll probably get a lot less of that now. I take the point you can bring guys in and out and in and out, but um, it's still, it's going to condense it slightly. So then even if you win it, trying to break the lines, if you have more backs back there. But I know it gives you more people up there, but I've seen it. Like when I played club hurling first with start back mid two thousands, we would have maybe shoved the guy up the field to mark a sweep or a, a third midfielder. And you're very open your back line and they seem to be really congested. So look, it's it there's pros, there's cons. I would yeah. love to see it done. And it and, and it probably will have to be done to counteract what's going on maybe from a limerick point of view or or, or whoever's dominant at a a specific time. Yeah, it'd be worth it definitely be worth seeing. Like we're not saying it'll work. It might work no. one day, it might not work another day. It's like but it nobody's try trying a, a mix of it. Like so you're bringing a lad up and then and then letting them come back again and come up again and try and mark so it's kind of a, a mix of it is is probably where someone will try it eventually but I, I, I know we've talked about it at club before when, when teams drop back I think it's definitely going markable because I think it's the only way to stop a team from doing that and trying to start off so negative and then as soon as you get a momentum then they'll have to change it like so yeah that'd be my well, thoughts if you're a really powerful team if you're a really powerful team a Limerick I think a Limerick could do it because they'd, they'd squash them so far back and their backs would you know they can do it with only six forwards against the sweeper? Imagine yeah, what they do with seven forwards against the sweeper. Well, that's it. Yeah. And and if they if Limerick went with five forwards or f- five backs versus five forwards, Hannon would let his man off, and he'd still cover. Yeah. You know, you can still yeah. cover. You're yeah. not leaving five versus five. You know, like a you're still you're still guarding the goal and guarding the D. Okay, you may let your your man out a little bit around the forty five, but you're still sitting back a little bit. Too. Yeah, I think you won't be and leaking goals. Come here, did you pull Matty up? I know. See, Matty in his first year would have come in with a huge reputation, so you're probably afraid to say, "Here, buddy, what what were you doing there?" What happened? What, what about our agreement? Uh, I won't go into it, but we weren't, we weren't afraid. Anyway, <laughs> so you, 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 right, okay. So he explained himself, his reasons behind it, did he? Well, we'll move on there now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to Munster, so we'll come back after the break. All right, so let's the Munster semi-finals. We're going to start with Limerick versus Cork. It's at seven o'clock on Saturday night on Sky. Um, to be two thousand four hundred fans at this. This is a mm-hmm. this the funny thing about this. This is a pilot um, as a test for the return of large sporting venues. So they're using this as a pilot, but they're putting more in Croke Park, which is not a pilot. <laughs> so, right, yeah. like I mean, again, random kind of crowds. But look, again, it's good. With like we're saying the same thing every time. It's good to have some sort of fans there to create an atmosphere. Um, Mark Coleman was talking in the media. It was probably at a at a media day last week, and he said we probably learned more from the Limerick and Galway games than we did in the previous three. Despite losing them, we're still happy with where we are um, and the learnings we can take of them. So what learnings did it take, Connell? My big two are how are you going to fix Mark Coleman versus Keen Lynch because Keen Lynch destroyed him yeah. and how are you going to fix your puck out? Yeah. So we start yeah. off with the Keen Lynch versus um, Coleman. How did they fix that? How do they fix it? Yeah. Do you move Coleman to the wing? Do you put someone else centre back? Like, do you do you bring back a sweeper to Mark Keane Lynch? Yeah, very difficult. Like, uh, there's so many questions coming into this game, and, and obviously this is a major one. Do, and then the other one is: Do Cork do Cork play well when they when they drop a man back? You know, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's in my head they don't. I think it was a, it, it, four or five years ago they tried it and they got a fierce pushback because it didn't work. Am yeah. I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah. Well, it's a couple of times they 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 have got a bit of a pushback on it, but. I'm not sure. Like, first of all, Keen Lynch will have to be marked. You can't just sit back and let him off. So whether whether he goes with him or he gets he gets someone else to do it and he and he drops back, 
I'm not 100% sure, but it didn't work the last day for them anyway. And, and yes, he's right in saying that they have learned. Well, I, I hope they've earned, learned a lot from that from that Limerick League game because uh, Limerick seemed to push up, put up a huge amount of pressure on, on their puck outs. Uh, Cork didn't change the way that they were doing it. So what will they do this time? They'll have to bring something different to it. What happens if Limerick don't put the pressure on and they let them have the ball and, and they let them come out and then they squeeze them? So... There's, or, or they try and do a mix of both, you know. Obviously, then the puckouts is, is a huge thing uh, for for Cork, but the, there's no way they're going to stick stick with what they did uh, in the league game. They're going to have to have a have a, a different a couple of plan B, plan C, plan D. They're going to try and run. Uh, you'd like to think that they they try and run that the Limerick halfback line as much as possible um, when they bring back, you know, the the the. the Cadigan, uh, Harnady and Kingston, these kind of guys that have the legs to run around and, and to do that. Um, but like, there's so many questions. It's very hard to very hard to have the answers. But um, for me, I would probably I'd probably stick him on Kane Lynch again. A Coleman. Yeah, I think see, I would. When you see your talisman like Coleman, your best distributor, following a lad and getting destroyed. Yeah, but I, I th- if it was if it was me and I got I got someone got the better of me the first day. I'd be saying, give me another chance there because it's not going to happen again, and I make sure it's not going to happen. So, right. and if that's the kind of attitude that they want to go with, then I think that that that's a that's a positive for Cork. You know, if he can get it on top of Keane, which is very very difficult anyway. But I think if he can do even break even with him, that would be a positive. Yeah, no, it definitely. Like my thoughts, it's like we're obviously Dublin and Wexford play a sweeper, so we're talking about sweepers a lot. Cork don't, and I think Cork's style of play is the one team in the country that a sweeper would suit them perfectly because. You play a Colm Spillane or someone, I'm not sure if Colm Spillane is back fully fit, but someone like him, corner forward, bring him back, Mark Keane Lynch, leave Mark Coleman, who's your best pastor, who's your best man on the ball, leave him as your as your spare man. Mark Coleman then is a spare man for puck outs, so you have an extra body down there for a short puck out, which Cork like. And Cork's style of play is a very possession style of play, Paddy, where they'll never drive it down on the sweeper at the other end. They're, near, mm. they're made for a sweeper. Yeah, I think you could be a special advisor yourself and Don Logrady <laughs> now, but that, no, that I think that's a it doesn't sound like a bad thing in a nutshell. Um, I I know what Conan is saying there. When you do get when you do get beaten by by another fella, you want another rattle at him, really. But I do think they'll have to play some sort of sweeper. Um, I think even if you're just to look at them physically, they're they're trying to implement young players and physically at the minute. Uh, I think Limerick overawed them in that league game. Uh, they really, you know, left their mark on him. And I would certainly early on see how the game is going. Right, we're not conceding too much around the middle of the field. We're not letting them run through us. So somebody's on Keane Lynch. They're going to follow him, annoy him. And see, does that um, break up their play a little bit? But look, we know we know the other the other players they have even in their half forward line. So they will cause problems. But like, as you were saying, Coleman to me is more of a ball player. I don't think he's ever the most physical. He's not brilliant in the air uh, opposing puck outs. He's at his best when he can pick hand passes up or pick breaking ball up and go forward with him and pick out the good players to have around the middle of the field, which they have. They have a number of good players. So I, w- I would probably try and play him not as a very deep sweeper, but as a, a kind of a nearly around half centre back yeah. area and moving forward. Because I think at the end of the day, if you just sit back and sit your sweeper back and try and play balls out of the fence to the half forward line against Limerick, I think you're in trouble. You have to run it out a bit, create the overlap, and then ping balls in where it's still it's still a challenge to get scores. But they learned a lot from that first game. But learning after 
17 minutes and then saying right we have the antidote now it's it's very very hard to see yeah the whole mm. thing is like a lot of the time even they were winning the sharp puckouts uh, Connell like I mean it wasn't winning the short puckouts was the problem it's what happened afterwards yeah, where yeah. Limerick were just setting on them you know and maybe Coleman being the spare man could come in behind the man that won it you know and just yeah possibly yeah possibly I know probably when they when the cornerbacks are when they're winning that short puckout and they look up and they don't see any red jerseys making themselves available and they just see green it's, it, it is it's a, it's a it's a worrying position to be in when you have that ball because you're not sure what to do do you give it back to the keeper again or, or do you go across and then all of a sudden you're getting swamped by, by lads so it is very difficult but I think Cork, you know, he's probably talking about the positives. Like, they have to take a positive out of it that they created four or five really good goal opportunities against Limerick. Um, and they've been doing that all, all, all of the league, Cork. So and I think for Cork to, 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 to beat Limerick on the weekend, they're going to need to get two to three, four goals because um, they're not going to be able to outscore them, I think, on a, on a kind of a shootout. Um, and they, they would probably take confidence that they probably didn't have their so-called let's say, top main lads playing that day uh, in the league and they, they still created those four or five goal chances. So I think they, they, they'll think to themselves, well, you know, if, if we had uh, even taken two or three of those, you know, we would have been in totally, the scoreline would have been totally different and we wouldn't be really highlighting the, the fact that, that uh, Keane Inch was, was getting the, you know, on top on top, and they were winning these puck outs. It wouldn't have been a huge deal because the scoreline would have been obviously down. But um, I think they'll, they'll definitely go after that uh, because it seems to be what works for Cork. The on 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 the puckouts, Paddy is the reason they're going short is they don't have ball winners, and we know all this. And Limerick half backline are brilliant in the air. If the short one's not working, what's their long option? Like, is Dalton and DC coming out to the half forward line for puckouts an option? You know, what what do Cork do for a long puckout? I like to me the idea of a long puckout straight into a guy's hand. Um, I think that worked a lot more, maybe like three, four, five years ago. I think defences are set up a lot better. They're not going to bite on a guy running into no man's land yeah. and leave their space open behind them. So, But I do think they're going to have to open patches of grass to get the ball into, even if it's not a direct ball. So like I often thought, get two of your fast players and just get a, a, a patch of the space open somewhere and get the goalie to puck it down into that area, not, not onto the grass, but that they're at least able to attack it at a lower level. Not to be standing... Geez, if, if the Cork forwards have to stand under puckouts with Burns, uh, with Hayes, with Hannon, uh, I guess that's not going to work for them, especially if they're playing a sweeper. So it has to be some sort of movement, nearly in a wave format, that they bring a few of them left and then they come over right and at least contest it where they, they get a 60-40 chance at the puckout. For me, that's a huge thing. Um, I think if you look at Donald O'Grady, he was an innovator in puckouts. He was probably one of the first person that put a proper shape on offensive puckouts with Don Logue. So I'd be shocked if we didn't see something. And even if they want to go short, no problem. But they've just learned, and I think they should, they have to go short uh, at times, but they have to learn that only certain guys are able to play that short puckout and that they have to do it a bit more high percentage stuff. Um, it's an inexperienced goalkeeper against really, you know, um, you know, adept forwards in Limerick and that they can't play silly ones and that maybe they'll have to get it from there and push a bit further up the field afterwards, especially early on. Um, so I do I do see him doing a little bit short. 
a little bit long, but they can't just stand under the puck outs and let these Limerick lads have free reign. Yeah, they, well, this is the thing, and we know that Limerick won't follow you if you make that decoy mm-hmm. run. They're staying in their position. So can you not use that tactic against them by saying, right, we're going to go to Harnady in the number 10 position, but we know Hannon won't follow Kingston, for example, and we know Dermot Burns won't follow um, Cadigan, just for an example. So why don't Kingston and Cadigan run over to that breaking ball in front of Harnady, leave their men, they won't follow them, and have a tr- you know have it knocked yeah, down yeah, you know numbers, and kind yeah. of swar- swarm an area because like when you think tactically zonal messes up making room yeah. but there has to be something to mess up zonal you yeah, know and yeah, you have to yeah. be thinking what is that and maybe Donald O'Grady can figure that out yeah possibly like <clears throat> I think uh, a, a mixture of uh, they, they will go short and, and they will go me- mediumly medium to long they're not going to launch them down like that would be the silly thing to do uh, obviously and, and look for the space to, for the lads to, to be running into maybe they're going to bring out the corner forward and, and, and get those numbers but yeah I think getting numbers on the breaks is 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 going to be massive and uh, for those balls that are being pinged into space so the midfielders will be well tuned in and the, even the corner forwards will, will know as well as the half forwards where these balls are going with certain signals and they're going to try and get to that area to try and try and win win that and i think they probably will admit that they won't win every single ball but at least they're going to try and change it up and get Limerick thinking that if, if we lose one here well now we can go short and we can move it around and yeah, we can yeah. get it down the other side then really quickly So you, you could have Hannon and Burns saying here John he's going over there win the break what do I do I'll follow him right now we have space on this yeah, you know yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. Like, is, is hurling like Gaelic football where any like if you're going out to fetch with a good fetcher he'll outfetch you. But if you're going out to break off a good fetcher, you should be able to break most of them off him. Like, yeah. can, can you spoil a good, a good, can you get that ball to the ground, most yeah, hurlers? You, yeah, you definitely can. If, 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 you're, if you have it in your mind that you're not going to, and it's very difficult, if, if you're marking a good catcher and you consider yourself a good catcher, there the, you go. the ball is there and you're like, I'll, I'll just go for it. I yeah, can get yeah. it. And then Everton is, Everton's grand. Nobody will ever say anything. But if you, if you don't win that one, that's the problem. You have to be, you have to be so disciplined and, and to wait, wait, wait. And as soon as, you, as soon as you think he's going to put up his hand, just tap it down and get it to the ground. Even though, you know, you want to win it, but you know that there's other lads coming in behind you, midfielders or, or someone from behind a corner forward. It's very disciplined to do that and to keep doing that. But I think for Cork to get any success off the puck, they, they, they'll need that. Yeah, because like, I suppose like, like egos with midfielders who see themselves as good fetchers like I'm sure Connell you were a good fetcher you wouldn't like to you wouldn't like that but I'm sure the Cork forwards who know their limitations would would easily spoil get it to the ground and when it goes to the ground make sure you have more bodies around the ball on the ground than Limerick have yeah I think and that's people talk about tactics like and that that is a tactic people think no that's only a small little thing that is a tactic like that can really break up the play and and I've done it at club level like we've played against um, good teams in the air and said if all of us in the backs knock the ball to the ground, you're completely taking away what their their real strength is. So that would be me. And it takes a lot of humility and a lot of team play and self-awareness to say, yeah, yeah, th- this is actually the best thing for the team. Um, and yeah, and look, if I played the forwards, I played in the backs. If I'm on a really good striker in the air, if I have my cork forward, I'm mostly doing, I'm not turning my back to my man. I'm going sideways into my man, backwards, and put my arm up, just holding him there and just tapping the ball down. So... Connell hadn't do it too many times, but that would be my style of doing it. I come in or come in at the last minute and just give him that shove and make sure that ball hits the grass. And I think nine times out of ten you will make you will get the ball to hit the grass if if you go in like that. And at least then you're saying, well, we know they're going to, not going to rampage forward straight away, which is a huge problem playing them. And I think if you're if you're going with that attitude to say right, if the ball is coming top of me. I'm going to break it to the ground. People know how to run it. Your other option is is to let the ball go through altogether. You know, go past. So you. say 
I, I'm not going up to catch it and, and all around us know that I'm not going to catch it the puck out was coming so it's either going dropping at my feet or it's going into the corner forward so the corner forward is on his toes so when that ball is pucked he's gone so and how he, hard is that to do to get it to beat you it's not that it's just a nudge it depends on the position of the fellow you're marking you know so that's why you can't rely on one or the other so if if you find that you're out of position and you won't be able to get to that break but you'll be able to make sure that the ball so you can pull that fraction a little bit earlier to make sure that, that you're, you're swinging and you're swinging over him and it's it's not really connecting with him but you're making sure that he's not going to be able to uh, uh, intercept the ball in any way and the ball is gone and the, and the pocket has to be at a nice height and a good pace coming at you you know so you can let it fly in and the corner forward is gone he knows this is happening so he's out in front and got it and all of a sudden he has possession in around maybe the 45 or inside um, and that's that's another opportunity for, for Cork to make something Right so like I mean this is it the tactic is we're spiling in the half forward line corner forwards be alive we need two men on the breaking ball. The call with the scratch your nose with this hand and it's going to the other side. <laughs> Whatever little signals you Look want. There you go. We're a spiling team and that's it. Well, it seems it seems very technical, but it's not really like you, you either, you're either going short and you're trying to work it out or you're, you're going to go pretty much long into space where Paddy says to a fella that's running like a hand, that's running into space if the keeper sees it the space and he sees the run or else it's been the same thing. You're hitting that kind of area a little bit higher with a bit more pace and it, you're either going to break it to the ground or it's going in behind and and they're the kind of different options and you're not reinventing the wheel by doing this a lot of teams are doing this it's just very difficult I think it's really disciplined for, for a person not to go and catch that ball because it's, yeah. it's, it's really really hard the ball is right there and you're thinking you mightn't feel your man you mightn't he, he mightn't be that close to you but as soon as you go to put your hand up next thing he has his hand and it's gone and then you're like what did we talk about in this yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. it is difficult well, let's say in, in Gaelic football it's just midfielders you see with this but in hurling it's midfielders half back lines half forward lines all have that everyone. fetching you know yeah. there's way more that have that whole so thing so for the puck outs everyone has to be switched on so if it's my puck out the half back line and, and say the number five will need to know the number ten needs to know the midfielders need to know and the corner forward needs to know so all of that side of the pitch need to know whatever that call is and they all need to be tuned in in order to win it yeah yeah it's a good one uh, final one on Cork I suppose the good weather like I, I maybe I'm being harsh on Cork but they are a good weather team they play a lovely fast uh, quick through the hand the ball it's better when it's dry it's better when the ground is dry they're a fast running team you know that is something in their favour now and all those things suit Limerick too I suppose Paddy <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, a great game that sums that up is 2017. They played Tip and Turles, and the sun was splitting the rocks in the first half. And Tip were all Ireland champions. And I think Limerick were, or sorry, I think Cork were up by eight or ten points in in the first half. The rain absolutely bucketed down in the second half, and Tip came back and drew the game with him. And so I think that really said in a nutshell how dangerous they are. They always have great skill. They're always athletic. It's like a you know a lot of place with big picks. You get a lot of great athletes, and it's just such an advantage. And they're usually so fast. So look, they have that in rare, but unfortunately, Limerick are good in the weight, the rain, the snow, anything you might, lightning. I'd say if it can, they'd be good in it. So that's the only problem they have with it this weekend. Yeah, no, it definitely is. All right, last one, lads, is Tipperary and Clare. This is in the Gaelic Grounds at um, quarter to four on Sunday. There's only five hundred at this one. So again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, I don't want to say any more about that there's, at least there's 300 more it was brought forward from Monday to Sunday to allow those extra <laughs> yeah, 300 yeah, uh, go to the match 
So, like, I mean, um, Liam Sheedy, he's getting a bit pissed off with this Paddy being asked about the owl dads <laughs> all the time. Like, I mean, he's saying, they, like, I mean, he, he's right on this. And I suppose there, there is a perception that he's very loyal to the 2010 team. And there was even speculation in his first year that he might change things around. And he's in his third year and he's still not changing around. And he, I'm sure he's been asked about this the whole time. And he was fairly uh, strong on this. He says, the guy that starts, whether he's 21 or 31 or whatever age he is, that will be based on the data I have seen over the last number of months, right in front of my eyes. Now, listen to the way he's talking. Right in front of my <laughs> eyes. And that's what allows me sleep very easily at night, to be honest with you. See, he's getting annoyed about this. He says, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to see every one of, the, of my panel in close situations, in 1v1, 2v2, 3v3. And ultimately, that's what I'll judge my team on. Now, we spoke last Thursday, or on Monday, I think it was, Connell, about old players. And, you know, if you're better, I think it might have been on the football show, actually, if you're better... Um, it should come down to who's the best player, not age, is pretty much the point that we were making, Paddy. So you can see Liam Sheedy starting to get a little bit frustrated by this. He's seeing this at training. Everybody else on the outside is just looking at a number on a piece of paper mm. and going, he's 32, he's a lot of mileage on his clock, and he's 21. Yeah, well, I look, I agree with it. Um, in the main, I agree with it. And especially if you look at the hurlers, prospects of hurler of the year, a lot of them for the last two years, if you're Shamie Callan's, TJ Reid's, Pat Horgan's, uh, Brendan Maher performed very well, obviously, Potty, they got All-Stars a couple of years ago. I know it's two years ago, all right, so you can say it's another year or so, but, like, if you are good enough, you should be starting, and what people don't realise is the experience is so vital. Number one, just your temperament coming into a match where you can treat it as a normal match. But number two, all the scenarios you've seen within those games, and, like, to my mind... I often say to people, you know, they say you should be giving youth a chance. You should get a chance. Yeah, when when they earn it, they get a chance. And yeah. it's not like, you know, it's not like you have your shopping trolley and it's my, next, it's my going out. I, uh, you know, I get to go up next. No, it's not like that. Liam Sheedy used to always say to us, you have a chance every night in training. That was, That's one thing I can really remember is you have an opportunity every night in training uh, to get on this team. And that's it. And like, I mean, he is, there's no under 21 that's come on or any Tipperary player that's come on to the team in the last couple of years that I said, geez, he's, hard, he's getting hard done by. How can he get more game time? When you get in, you have to do something with the jersey or it's not your jersey anymore. So not many have. Um, they're, they're looking for players. Let's be honest. Tipperary are looking for young, upcoming, uh, vibrant players. And they just haven't really set the world alight yet. And I think it's as simple as that. And when you've these lads with three All-Irelands um, who are hungry, hungry to play, big competitors I'd say let, let them have at it until somebody along, comes along that's a bit better I'm, I made the point on the fo- it was the football show I'm getting confused between the two and I used the example of Dublin I was slagging Alan Brogan off of how Kieran Kilkenny retired him you know cause he, but Kieran Kilkenny is one of the all time greats in the making and Alan was as well but you can understand that you can't hold back one of the all time greats for another great but if the young player isn't an all-time great, you know, and he's not as good as the older player, the idea that you might, you know, discriminate against the old player based on his age. Yeah, well, you're not really holding back. You know, if a lad is good enough, he's going to play. So in the case of, you're talking about Alan Brogan and Kieran Kenny, I didn't see retired Alan Brogan, you know, uh, to a degree, like... I know injuries retired Alan. I was yeah. only slagging him. I yeah, don't. Yeah. But you understand. But I, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying my point is that, like, if a, if a guy is 33 or 34 and, and he's still playing really well, and a young lad of 18 or 19 is absolutely shooting the lights out, well, 
It's not a. It's not a. It's not a young versus old. You know. I think you can probably fit them into the team if if Both need, of them. yeah. If 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 they're good enough, then you might be able to switch things around. But ultimately, yeah. If if there's a really good young guy and he's and he's doing everything in training and you give him a couple of chances coming off the bench or whatever and he's playing really well yeah then you're going to play him but if it's if it's if it's a 50-50 or 60-40 and he, you know some selectors will say oh, look he's a young lad let's put him on and give him experience you know it's for next year or the year after like I think that's all bullshit like I think there's no tomorrow like today is what, what counts I don't uh, I don't see in in in, in in, in championship the, hurling. In championship hurling, exactly. Yeah. I don't see any benefit of of in hope that this lad is going to perform today. And let's let's, let's give him another chance. If that was a, a guy in his thirties and he didn't play well, he's finished. Oh no, he's finished. Too old. He's, he, let's let's try someone else. But while if an eighteen or nineteen year old goes on and he doesn't play that well, ah, look, he's only young. We'll give him another chance. Like, so I think you take every game as it is. I think uh, Sheedy's probably right. You look at it in training. You give lads loads of opportunities. Every night is an opportunity to, to pretty much sell yourself as a as a as an intercounty player to the to the selectors and to the management to prove every that you're still good enough to be there. And that goes from your attitude to being on time to every single drill and everything is taken into account and then when you perform on the, on, in, the, in the A versus B's or the training games there's no argument like there's no one saying well you shouldn't be playing you're only playing because yeah. of X or and I, I understand there's another side to it where if 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 uh, if a manager is giving a, an older lad a lot of time off and he's only just coming back for the championship I don't agree with that I think if, if everyone's there on the same and everyone's doing the exact same work pick your best team you're not looking at age Yeah or, or if a manager's too loyal to a player who's not on his top game you yeah. know then then there's they, listen it's not hard to analyse Paddy you pick your best 15 right and that's it and that's why Liam Sheedy said I see in front of my own eyes stop asking <laughs> me the question you pick your best 15 and there should be no real question about this no, there's a, do you know what? The focus shouldn't be on the older players. The show, focus should be on the younger players. Um, we Tipperary are lucky. They've they've won two under twenties or under twenty one, as we've called All Ireland in the last few years. They've won a minor All Ireland. Plenty of those players that played in those teams are on that panel, right? So they have the chance. Yeah. They're there. They've got plenty of league games, plenty of substitution roles, plenty of uh, challenge matches, club matches, everything to show. Hey, come here. That lad needs to be got. I'm better than Jamie Cannon. Get him out of there. I'm more vibrant. I'm faster. I'm stronger. I'm going to take a, you know, yeah, Mark Hill came on the All Ireland a couple of years ago and probably hasn't made the step up. Jake Morris is kind of on the team one day and sometimes then he's left out of the team. He's always brought on, but probably hasn't made that real step up. Like they're both minor and under 21 All Ireland winners. So it is up to them to say, no, Bubbles, Bubbles not doing it anymore. He's not fit for every game. I'm the better option. And just right now, they're not similar. Paddy Cadell midfield has been injury-prone a little bit, played a couple of good halves during the league latter end, but didn't put a whole performance together. But, like, you know, if he did, I'd have no doubt he'd be starting straight away because he's very, very talented. But it's a case of actually putting a couple of, posi- couple of those performances together because I know when I played with Tip and there probably wasn't as much talent, I knew every, every league game, I have to perform well here and I can hold on to the jersey because in fairness to Liam, he always gave lads a chance. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Come here, Brian Lowen, or Brian Lowen said, um, we were talking about this on Monday's show, this was before the Waterford game, we are very conscious of how good Waterford were at scoring goals. During the week, most of the focus was not to allow them get a soft one or to get an early goal. And, you know, I, I presume we'll see a similar defensive kind of display, Connell, from Clare. 
because um, Tipperary obviously arguably more talented and more of a threat uh, than Waterford. And then we know Tipperary's style is play two men inside and bring one man out and crowd the middle third. So we're going to see a huge bundle of players in the middle, two men up front one side, two men up... I'm having nightmares about the Tip Cork League game. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we could see a defensive struggle here though. That's the point I'm making. I think there'll be a bitter, a bitter one. I don't think Clare are going to change too much. The only thing I think they might change is posi- posi- position on the rise of a couple of players, um, be it... Um, if O'Donnell comes back in and, and Kelly, I don't believe he's going to stare full forward again, but... Going back to your point, yeah, I don't think Clare are going to change what they're going to do. I think you're dead right in saying the Tipperary forwards are more dangerous than the Waterford forwards. I think only only one Waterford forward scored from play the last day, so that's not going to happen with this with the quality that Tipperary have and have been producing in the last while. So um, that's not going to change. They're going to try and leave uh, Conlon free again and trying to mop up and cover all the cover that D area, so there's no real leaking leaking of goals because that's going to be a huge part of for for Clare. If they don't leak goals, they have a massive chance in this game. Um, and so they won't go away from that. Yeah. Do you like? I mean, how do you see it uh, going, Paddy? Like, do it, Tipper in a in a bad position in that they're sitting out three weeks without a game. Clare have beaten Kilkenny, beaten Waterford, they're flying. But Clare showed their hand last week. So, like, I mean, you know, mm. Tip are in a, a stronger position in that regard. I think they are. And if you were talking two or three last or two years ago, three years ago, you'd say three weeks was such a perfect amount of time before a match. Uh, but now teams seem to be playing week on. Uh, week on week so I suppose look Clare will be up the championship pace we know they hit a lot of wides the last day they did 14 in the first half um, so you'd, you'd think they would be cut down but the only problem is I think Waterford like would be so disappointed with their energy levels like John Conlon played as if kind of Waterford had 14 men you know that sort of that much of a sweeper yeah. he didn't have to worry about anybody um, and I, I just can't see that happening the next day Waterford like to play a game where they break around the middle, they hand pass it, hand pass it, break, and then hit it into Hutchinson or Bennett. They didn't do that the last day. They were missing the Baron. They were missing Tyke the Borka. They were missing Prunty that were able to carry the ball out and implement that style. So they couldn't do that the last day either. Like I was very impressed with Clare, but I do think Tip will show an awful lot more steel uh, this week. They'll have seen their style as well. Um, I think you probably, Noel McGrath played a lot at centre forward. And if they can do that mix of a game where they give Noel balls into space, you know, he's so accurate. And then I do expect a bit of an aerial bombard as well because Conor Cleary is big uh, as a as a fullback. He's quite big. Um, but Tip have three. If they play forward, if they play bubbles, and if they play Shane Callan in the full forward line or John McGraven, that all those four are very, very good in the air. Um, and while, you know, five out of ten high balls in can be cleared or maybe, maybe six out of ten, those three or four balls that are snatched inside, they could be very, very dangerous because the two clear cornerbacks, that's probably not their biggest strength. But are, are Tip not moving away from that kind of game, uh, Paddy? They're leaving two inside and they're trying to give this perfect diagonal ball. Like, I mean, you know, is that what they're, the way they're trying to evolve? I don't think so because I don't think, I think they know that they mightn't get the goals if they do it that way. They had for, uh, at the start of the league, but if you remember, I think it was the Galway match the Galway match they went back to popping them I'm saying popping them from around midfield right. and so that you don't give Conlon time to, to run back um, and cover it off as easily as if you cleared it from your own full back line half back line so I do think you will see it but you always have to know what you're playing against and you're playing against like Paul Flanagan isn't inexperienced but he still wasn't playing all the matches for Clare for the last few years and then Roy Hayes looks a real tigerish uh, very good player but I think more of a man marker on a small player so if the the 
the tip corner forwards aren't overly fast, so I wouldn't be giving him what he wants, which is a low ball into the corner or Flanagan. I'd be I'd be popping him in there and just testing him out. Yeah, who will pick up? I suppose Barry Barry Heffernan will pick up uh, Tony Kelly, and he the great thing about Barry Heffernan, he does a man marking job in the half back line and in the full back line. So like he, the tip won't be kind of cut out, you know, with that. No, like I think that will be interesting. Will will he pick him up to start with will he, will he pick him up if he's in full forward will he stay with him if he goes out to the half forward line if he goes to midfield is he still going to stay with him he's comfortable Barry Heffernan they're lucky to have him because yeah. he's kind of comfortable everywhere like uh, I don't know is is, is, one of the, is Brendan Maher going to pick him up if he comes out yeah, he's you know? done it before too yeah. I was thinking if, 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 if it was me I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see maybe Barrett on him you know uh, he, he's tigerish uh, and if he moves out then then Mara will pick him up anywhere anywhere after that I think it'd be, it'd be comfortable enough I think Brennan will be comfortable to go anywhere with him and he has done it very well in, in the past um, and I think if, if Tipperary can kind of quieten down Tony even a small little bit um, that's going to go a huge way obviously uh, to go to and I don't I think Claire I think Claire will be better than they were uh, against what I, I, there's no way they're going to hit the 22, 23 wides again, um, be it the shots straight off or you know they've been they would have had a lot of talk this week and trying to recycle the ball. If it's not a hundred percent on or ninety percent on, you're in your zone. Let's keep possession and go across and get someone else on the thing. So I don't think they're going to get that many um, that wides again. I think they will play a little bit better, but whether they'll have enough overall for for Tipperary, I, I'm not I'm not sure. You know. Um, they'll really want to try and get in at that Tipperary full back line with the, with the guys that they have um, in, in Shanahan and, and whether O'Donnell's going to play and, and really get that get the ball into them primarily and, and, and have the runners off them and let them go at like uh, Park Mar and everything and see, and see have they have they got the, the stomach for it again this year so it, it, look ultimately I think Tip are probably a little bit too strong although it's very hard to judge when you haven't seen them and I, I do admit that again, any kind of a game be it we're talking about the, the leash or the or, or, or the Antrim uh, even the Waterford game any kind of a championship win is great for a confidence and belief and everything that you're trying to do with a team um, whether they have enough I'm not I, I don't think so I think the Tip probably still have enough um, experience and enough uh, quality players to, to probably get over this one OK fair enough just because uh, I never thought of Brendan Maher Paddy who do you see picking up uh, Tony Kelly because uh, like I mean I've completely forgot that Liam Sheedy loves Brendan Maher and that man marking role Barry Heffernan was the one in my head mm. Yeah, I, I do think at this stage you might go with uh, Barry Heffernan. And certainly if he's if Shane O'Donnell isn't playing, um, I think if he's in the full forward line, I don't think he will uh, do that. That that Barrett could pick him up, and I think if he's on the half forward line, I think Barry Heffernan will because he's it's kind of shown to be one of his strengths now. Um, and I think Brendan Matter is 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 such a quality player going forward, and they need his dynamism going the other way. Um, to break open the the clear midfield that uh, I would see I would see Barry follow him. It's mentally a tough job to go around for seventy minutes, and I think Brendan is thirty one or thirty two now. I'm not sure which, but uh, there's only so long you can do that. And last time he was doing that, he was twenty eight or nine. He was fresh after his cruciate injury. He was buzzing for, but you know, there's a lot. You know, there's mileage there, and I think if you can let a lad like Brendan go out and hurl more so his own match, I think that's more of a strength for Tip. Um, but obviously, if, if Tony Kelly's given problems, he'll be put on him. But if Shane O'Donnell is playing, there could be a very good matchup then because Shane O'Donnell and Tony Kelly inside in the full forward line with Aaron Shanahan gives a serious decision for the tip management to make. And and uh, that that's what I'd be very interested in. But if O'Donnell isn't there, I think it's very easy. Um, 
very easy decision to make. Right, okay. Like, I mean, the, oh, before we finish up, lads, I want to give a shout out to Paddy Fitzpatrick because we were on Monday's show, left half back, and I was watching the match going, who's this lad? I've never seen him before. And he doesn't look young. And I've heard, heard nothing about him coming up. I didn't yeah. want to show my ignorance on Monday's show by saying, who's... Uh, yeah, and yeah. You, one of you might have said, well, he played the league the last <laughs> two years. Anyways, there was a piece in the 42.ie. Uh, he made his first senior championship start for Clare at 30 years of age. Um, last Sunday and apparently he's a brilliant man marker for Six Mile Bridge and then I was thinking Jesus Davey managed Clare for five years he's Six Mile Bridge surely they would have given him, this yeah. man an out run or a yeah. championship and he, and he didn't and he's made his he's, he's made his debut at 30 a very unique thing Paddy like I mean to play inter-county level and to be ignored even by your own club man right throughout your best years from maybe 20 to 25 and then get your debut at 30 and play well and like you know be, I know yeah. I don't know. I'd say like I was retired at thirty. It's just it's crazy <laughs> to see how we did it. But no, I I liked what he was about the other day. I think do you know what shows Brian Lohan as a manager. Um, he he still has that raw edge because he knows okay six backs. I might need one of them to do a job. Um, so he's brought him in, and I think it's a very open minded thing to do. Yeah. Um, and something I'd be interested in that just oh he's thirty years of age. He's no experience of intercounty. Should we can't bring him in? No, no, I have a job for him to do, and I've seen him do it on county lads, and that's what he wanted. He he didn't think about Paddy Fitzpatrick coming in and hurling balls to the clouds the last day. He just saw him going in there and Fagan. Fagan doesn't catch a ball, and they've probably looked at how many balls he caught in inter- in, in last year's championship said, no, we're taking that away from you. And he did it to the letter of the law. He mightn't even start this weekend now. Yeah. He might that might be his job done for the championship, you don't know. But he certainly did it well last week. And if Shamie Callan is playing at wing forward, you just might see him detail to, to mark him. He could yeah. And like I mean it's interesting in that piece he because Cratlow and Six Mile Bridge used to have a big rivalry and he always picked up Conor McGrath. You yeah, would have thought yeah. that would have wouldn't have been a great matchup for this fellow, but apparently he's known for being a good man marker. So he could actually pick up anybody yeah, so, yeah. or like Paddy says, he might not play at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredible and I think credit goes to obviously Brian Lone for bringing him in but seriously uh, mental strength on his behalf to keep going and keep going year after year and hope that you get that call and like that is tough your own one of your own club men not picking you and him being the county manager is really tough like so I don't understand that at all because he obviously has the hurling and he obviously has the attitude right to to play Um, and I just hope he he continues his his form into the next toilet and and he really gives it to the two fingers to to all the previous managers that didn't pick him I think that's that's what I would be working off and and um, and 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 really loyal to to Brian for for giving him a chance at that age and again age is doesn't come into it. I keep going on a bit. I, I wouldn't yeah. uh, be looking into any of that. And if you're good enough, you're you're uh, you're old enough, or re- regardless of your experience or not. Exactly. Uh, I'll start off with four predictions. I'm going to go Galway. I'm going to go Kilkenny. I'm going to go Limerick, and I'm going to go Clare. Paddy. People like yeah, predictions, think, lads. Yeah. What can I say? We have yeah, to. <laughs> they like predictions. Sure, look, going through them there. Sure, look, I think Galway. Yeah, I'd have to go from. I think I think Kilkenny will beat Wexford. Um, I think I'm going to say a tip to sneak it against Clare. I think it could be a real tough one now, to be honest. But um, then I can't go against Limerick until I see some real chinks in the armor. I can't go against Limerick. Connell, finish up. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go Limerick. Um, definitely go with Limerick. I think on that one. Um, on the on the games in, in in with Leinster, look. I'm gonna tip. I'm gonna tip Dublin because I, I'm. I'd never not tip them. You're like Cheddar. You just he tips Leash no matter who they're <laughs> playing, and that's it. So oh, I think the the factor that it, the the big factor is that it's moving Port Leash is 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 definitely swinging uh, in Galway's favour. And look, Galway have the form, but uh, just 
just going to tip Dublin for that one. Okay. Um, I'm Wexford, Kilkenny. Wexford, I'm, I'm going to tip Kilkenny on the basis that uh, they've been waiting a long time to to get back and I think they had a bit of a dip coming in, in, in against the in, the in the last couple of league games and I think Cody is really, really drumming, drumming it into them now and um, they'll be waiting for Wexford. And then the last one, we know two things about you. You always tip Dublin and you always tip against Tipperary. So Tipperary, Clare. <laughs> that goes without saying, Clare will win that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that'll do, lads. That's all we've time for as a bumper preview uh, this week. We'll be back on Monday and we'll review all the games. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat eater, a donkey eat a palace. There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, spit. But I burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs>